Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks. This is a general interest podcast with the Brain Trust here at Mangum Talks. We get together, typically on a Sunday morning, doesn't really matter to you when you listen, but we typically get together and chat about some sort of charity experience. This week, Spencer, our very own Spencer, has given us the homework, and we watched episode three and four of Attack on Titan. If you haven't listened to our uh, coverage of episode one and two of Attack on Titan. You can go back on this podcast feed and listen to that. We covered episode one and two. Today, we're going to talk episode three and four of Attack on Titan. This is anime, I believe, is what the uh-huh. kids call it. Manga, maybe. I don't know. Is that just the books, manga? I don't <laughs> if, know. Either way, it's what it's cool moving, kids do. it's anime. It's what cool kids do. We watched it. Um, BJ, what did you think Attack on Titan episode three and four? Uh, I enjoyed it. It, it was, uh, it continues to be a fun uh series it's very well within uh i would say a a specific genre right now which i know it's going to uh play with soon because because i have seen a little bit of of stuff a little bit further in the future but it is it is very shonen right now it very much as a protagonist that you know with his guts and effort is excelling and and you know, that special dude uh, that, that everybody sort of looks to kind of unreasonably. I mean, we, we have uh, some interaction and... and uh, what did you uh, say, training. shonen? Shonen, it's yeah. Shonen, what does that mean? Uh, it's a genre. I mean, it, like, it, it's kind it's of like, like saying fantasy adult. sci-fi. Like, you know, okay. it's a genre that people are, are familiar with. Um, so like l- later Harry Potter would be in the shonen genre if it had come out in Japan kind of thing. Whereas a, a, a fantasy young adult hero focused kind of genre of, of anime. And Aaron, Errol or whatever is the star. Aaron, right? Aaron is like a quintessential shonen protagonist. He's got a personal okay. vendetta. He has a cause. He's powered by his anger and motivation to overcome. Even in, in somewhat unique to the genre, despite the fact he's not the most skilled among his peers, he's actually his one most defining trait is that he is just more motivated than everybody else around him. Yeah. Um, and again, that's sort of not an uncommon thing, but the, the scene in, in particular that I'm thinking of is, is where he, he goes into the harness and falls immediately. And then the next day he doesn't suck yeah. immediately. And everybody in front of him is like, Oh my God, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And it's just like, if he wasn't the main character at this point, everyone would just be like, okay, well, you didn't completely fuck up. That's, it does that's help great. They apparently, it does help they apparently arranged the day around, okay, and now we're just going to all watch Aaron do this. Like, no one else was going. Nobody else was there. Like, they'd I it assume up and, uh, that, you know, that that's not shown. Just just sort of like, you know, you, you know, you, you don't have the, the training sequence for literally everybody uh, going on. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, of the latest round of Attack on Titan episodes? Uh, for C- for for episode three, which I did watch, uh, you guys are trying to dance around the fact that I didn't didn't do my homework on episode four. Um, episode three, I liked um, it. It I, I'm gonna be honest here, like the idea of like a a, a young a young male uh, who, who who finds his inner power and like is is successful in the world. That's like a story that that I really like. You call it shonen. Mm-hmm. Shonen. Um, yeah, shonen. And it's, it's a reason it's probably the most popular genre in Japan, or at least sells the best. Is it? It's the hero's journey kind of story done by by means of anime. Yeah, yeah. yeah a no, lot it's... of perspiration on on the, <laughs> on Aaron's uh, forehead. That's that's how I think they illustrate a lot of the a yep. lot of the personal Struggle. journey. It's like I've got to get on this harness. Perspiration scene. You see it coming down. Yes. From the, yeah. From the I mean, to be honest, right? I mean, like it, 
with, with live action TV, you'd have to have like far more time spent to show the 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 fear, just to show a little perspiration and move on. Keep it moving, man. Mm-hmm. That is, you raise a good point, Levi, because this is something I'm impressed by in this show. Is that I think the episodes are about 23, 24 minutes long, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they cover a lot of ground. They tell a lot of story in that little bit of time. So, I mean, I think it's gone, what now, four or five seasons, something like that. So I feel like they've yeah. probably covered a lot of a lot of ground in st- just the storytelling perspective. Don't spoil it for me, but are they on Mars at the in a season four or five? I mean, because that's a they good have call. Gone- remarkably farther than i ever expected they would go i'll put it that way it's also it's getting hard to define because we're on season four part two and season four part three is coming up and they're see, all released as separate seasons so who knows what are we um, doing here see and stranger things is doing this right now and before that it was walking dead like let look I, a lot of hollywood producers listen to mangum talks podcast i'd like to talk to them specifically right now please stop this shit seasons should be seasons like if you're breaking it up then it's multiple seasons sorry so spencer you you, like i just i don't know for this but very often uh the anime is going to be based on the manga so there's going to be basically graphic novels that have particular arcs that are then made into an anime and so uh seasons are sort of defined by uh the 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 release schedule of like the the tv studio that's making them but like the story could is going to be defined by what they're covering in the books there is an element of what's driving that and particularly for what has been dubbed the final season it's now covering a concentric arc in a way that be it, it makes sense to define it all in the same kind of overall compass even if it's being released at times six and four six and seven months apart from each other um, but the manga has finished, so they are working off fixed material. They're not having to do Game of Thrones and make up their own stuff from there. Thank mm. God. Always the poll. Always yeah. the poll for Spencer of what you don't want to do. Well, so right back to Game of Thrones. The the other thing that you might appreciate, like very different from how uh, how anime deals with the manga not being like written out, is they'll have like filler. So if Game of Thrones would have done the same thing. I mean, we probably would have had some like uh, Tyrion giving, uh, you know, different jesters like pointers on their routines for like a year or two. And that would have been like the filler until we got back to the main story. And, Which and is what just, you're saying the manga is like that? The anime yeah. ends up being like, can be like that. Anime typically doesn't make up its own shit. They don't typically like, re- they don't typically like, change or alter or set their own course for the main plot they just do filler episodes or do side stories to kind of fill the gap until more material is ready and they often like don't actually exist in the timeline so it's kind of like uh the beach episode yeah well i mean well, i'm gonna be uh, completely honest with the game of thrones like if they spent more time with aria training i would have been okay with that um yeah. like, so, uh, i think I mean, they spent enough time with aria training uh, they could have done they could have done it better uh, and different i was a big game of thrones fan over here i had enough of aria training uh, back to Attack on Titan. I will say this: like I don't, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't care if I sound ignorant because I'm just trying to be honest. I have never really watched anime in my life, mm-hmm. and I am really taken aback at how watchable this is. Like mm-hmm. from a like easy to tell, easy to follow storytelling. Um, there's ebbs and flows of the episode. It feels like I'm watching just a normal half hour of some television show. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel categorically different to me than a lot of the television I watch. Um, I expected there to be like a learning curve or like it to be the storytelling to be like somehow different 
like than what I'm used to. But yeah, foreign maybe I don't know. But like I I find this to be a very easy watch. I don't know the rest of you. Well, did, I would, did, did yeah, go ahead. I, I would say that I think of uh, of the anime genres that we could choose, Shonen is a little bit more of the like it's a lot easier. Like the progression mm-hmm. is a lot more familiar. Okay, than awesome. some other things. Um, I mean, I was going to say, I'm going to reference some like one animes that I, I haven't really watched and I don't know as well. But like, as I remember things like Death Note, um, Dot Hack, uh, and a couple of others are a little bit harder to like get into and follow in the same way as you would like a US television show. It also helps this is distinctly set in their own version of the Western world. This isn't happening in like a high school in Japan. This is set in a fantasy setting that is modeled after like, you know, Germany in terms of like all the characters have German names. The architecture and the culture is very distinctly Western. That also helps too, just in terms of getting into it. You're not having to learn what, you know, the class schedule of a seven, of a 15-year-old high school student in Japan is. Sure. So this, is like a the- Japanese, this is like a Japanese wet dream of like, those fuckers in Germany got us into that war 70 years ago. So <laughs> now like, they're getting this, by is, this is them getting yeah. shit kicked in for it. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, but like stuff like this has roots in uh, very well-known anime. Like I would say that this is very similar to um, Evangelion, which I would say is like a similarly he like kind of in a little bit right now. But Sp- Spencer, like, I get, I get the differences, but like I, I understand the comparison you're making. I just like Evan, in terms of like you know easy to access shows. Evangelion does not rank in my top five. I just appreciate that BJ's flexing with his anime knowledge right yeah. now, um, but, which I enjoy. But, but Lee, what did you think of episodes three and four? You haven't really told us. Oh, I liked them. Um, I like that. I like that the cast is expanding. I felt like it was accessible, like in the sense that like some shows when they decide to expand their cast, it like goes from the pilot or maybe even season one where it's like one story, one person that you're really focusing on. Then they expand the casting and you look down at your phone and you look back up and you don't know what show you're watching. It did not mm-hmm. go like it, the progression wasn't that sudden for me. Uh, I like potato girl. I would like to point out potato girls. Yeah, girl. Their mother loves potato girl. Yes. I'd also like to point out that it is very, it is abundantly clear to me that in this show, when I'm supposed to think a female character is attractive, she has bangs and typically a high ponytail. <laughs> High ponytail yeah. bangs equals other characters find her attractive. Small nose, small hips, bam. Like it's like a it's like a model um, mm-hmm. for, for what is supposed to look good. Um, I enjoy the training sequences, of course. I enjoy um, the titles of the episodes, which are preposterous. <laughs> what is it fucking? This is part like one and part two words. of like, what is it like humanity's comeback or something crazy like that? Um, really over the top epic names um i don't know i just i find it to be an easier watch than i expected so shout out i enjoy it a dip a dim light amid despair humanity's comeback part one um so what a name of the things that i think are harder to uh maybe accept or get behind things like that and and one of the things that I, i would say i struggle with a bit so how did you think of, what did you think of the like romantic, I guess, uh, overtones to, I don't remember his name, but like his, his uh, conversation <laughs> with, uh, I want to call her Mikasa, but like, that might be wrong. Uh, no, that's right. Okay. John, John or Jean, however you want to pronounce it, has, seemingly has a bit of an instant crush in Mikasa. Yeah. Partly and, because she's exotic. It looks different. Right. 
and it's like, oh, you're, you know, your your long black hair, which Aaron basically kind of tells her to immediately to cut, which was kind of funny uh, in a very weird way. But like, that was funny, Aaron. Yeah, that he's. I don't know. I would not call him smooth. Yeah, no. uh, but like that whole like little blushing, stammering thing, like is a super common trope, which mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little out on. But like, I get that it's a quick and easy, quick and easy way to do things in the same way that like the sweat on the brow is. They're, no, they're I, also think that, all, I think it's great. They're also all of 15 throughout most of their training or even younger when they start their mm-hmm. training. It's kind of on point for, you know, how that kind of initial crush would go for that age group anyway. Okay. Man, all these stories, we age them up when epic things happen, right? I mean, sure, you yeah. think about it, like Game of Thrones is that way. Um, uh, um, Walking Dead was that way. Lost was that way. I mean, you have the all young characters, but like they're in life or death situations. Typically, you just start treating them like adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, this society seems to run on child soldiers in terms of where their training begins and ends. Um, and, you know, they're okay with that. Different cultural norms. Uh, you have referenced several times how much you liked Potato Girl. What an amateur do you, uh, do you Lee? Um, you, don't, you don't know why I would eat a potato? Hmm. That surprises me. Here's half. I don't know. She just seems like, uh, well, first off, she does check the boxes of an attractive female I'm supposed to like. She's got the high top ponytail. She's got the bangs. She's got the small nose and the thin hips. So bam, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to think she's attractive. Um, I appreciate just chomping on a potato. I thought that was an apple for a long time um, in the scene. Turned out to be a potato. And I just like her general aloofness. Um, I feel like she's going to be a good catalyst for plot points. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm left pondering whether Full Metal Jacket, the training scenes that would have gone differently if they just had potatoes on hand. You know, who, who knows whether Arlie Ermey would have taken, would, would have responded differently. That was sort of a funny scene, though, because they're like talking like, why does he do that? Oh, he has to break them down to build them back up like that. They had to explain that in detail, the, the breakdown to build back up. But then there was like, why doesn't he talk to some of them? And it's like, they've already seen the worst. <laughs> like he can he can like tell who has seen the titans and who hasn't and who needs breaking down and who doesn't yeah they're very very much full metal jacket type scene there so terry you, you'll love this this uh sentence from an attack on titan wiki uh sasha potato girl uh is known to have an incredible appetite eating provided her with considerable gratification and relief especially during times of great stress <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people um also sounds like a different activity Careful with the wikis, by the way, man. They they do not hide spoilers at all. Yeah, I don't Spencer, I I will have you know, I went uh, three and some change seasons inside of Game of Thrones without spoiling things for myself, uh, and then I really spoiled things for myself. So I've got I've got some talent. You've got some I'm not, skills. I'm not perfect, but I've got some talent. Yeah, I was an all timer with that. Never didn't didn't get spoiled at all ever. Uh, not once. Anything. Not once for anything in Game of Thrones. Oof. That was a big. That was a big move for me. But to, it was very careful dancing around the internet. Uh, Spencer, I have a question for you about Attack on Titan. So Please. you, you know, obviously our legions of fans know that you you're famously curmudgeon. You don't like a lot of stuff. You find mm-hmm. you you lead with a critical foot when looking at things. I think it's your training and your job that causes you to do this. I'm not sure, but you you the first thing you think of is how can this be better? What's wrong with it? What do you think of Attack on Titan? Don't you're not selling us at this point. We're already watching the show. We're going to watch it with you. We're going to continue reviewing it. Now I just want an honest opinion from Spencer about what you think of it. As an overall show or like focusing, say, on the first season? Let's do kind of like where you would be, like if you were doing a review with us, right? If you'd seen episode mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, where would you be in your your discussion of it? And let's assume for the sake of the conversation, it's just me and you talking, and I'm super excited. 
because that tends to make you a little bit more free. No, I mean, I would, even when it was, when I say watch this the first time, it was a remarkably well-structured show. And I like that it's apparent going into it that it's planned out. And that is something that is missing from a lot of television. It's a common point of criticism. I open up television. That's where true. They, you are consistent about that. They appear, shows that appear to be flying by the seat of their pants and just adjusting or don't have a really clear planned out strategy for the characters, the overall plot, how things will link together, frustrate me. Because I view that as like, that is a foundational thing. I expect that is something I'm going to enjoy. This show does that very well. It's a clear purpose by what it's doing things. First two episodes had a very clear purpose. They're setting up the trauma. They're setting up the background. They're setting up the motivations. Yep. Next two episodes, they're setting up the growth. They're setting up the, how do we go to that objective? How do we accomplish that objective? How do we set our Training. cast of characters that we're going Training to Training montage. I, I was immediately smitten by how well plotted this show was from the beginning. Even like, we, we have 24 minutes with respect to for each of these episodes. That's not much. Nope. But I already have a feeling and a read on each of these characters. At least I, yep. you know, I did one for the first time. They've given me enough that I already have enough of, a, of enough of a kernel that I can go forward. Helped, and this is something that it's anime does particularly well, and particularly well done anime. Each of the characters has a distinct visual appearance and silhouette. So mm -hmm. even if I don't necessarily be able to remember their names, I can look at them instantly and go, that's that dude. That's that dude. That's that girl. That is, that's not just well done plotting, that's well done artwork going into it too. So I was impressed from the get-go, and I can tell you, while season one has some, you'll notice pacing issues at times in terms of ramping and slowing that we'll, we'll go into i was remarkably impressed going forward and as seasons go on only got more impressed as the promise of the first season kept being met and even anything kept exceeding my expectations for what they could pull off and do yeah you are pretty consistent about the criticism of like shows that don't seem to have a tight plot wrapped up when they start the pilot because like mm -hmm. That was your big beef with the sequels and Star Wars, I think, is that it was very clear that they were just like changing based on some of the fan reaction. Um, obviously, the beef with Game of Thrones, obviously a beef with a show like Lost uh, or Westworld, where it just seems to spiral out of control. Um, so, yeah, that you're right. I'll give you that, Spencer. You're pretty consistent there. Well, one thing, Levi, you got to see a little bit of this at the end of episode three, but we got to see a lot more of it in episode four. What did you guys, what did you guys think of the 3D maneuver gear? Are are the, the technolo technological means they have of trying to leveling the playing field against the Titans? <laughs> looks cool. It certainly looks cool. It does. That is, that is the one thing about anime that I've always like. It, it, it's always attracted me a little bit to to watching anime, even though I have not actually watched that much anime. Um, it's like the tech is always cool. It's just always so cool. Mm -hmm. It really, it really is. Um, so BJ, you called out. Um, uh, Death Note, and that was an uh, anime that I watched like, a little bit of back in college. I don't know. I don't know how I stumbled on it. I might have, you know, seen it listed somewhere and just gave it a shot. But like, wow. even there, where it doesn't really have great tech in the in the sort of Transformers techie sense, but it's just like the stuff that exists in the universe generally is well thought out and pretty cool. Terry, you? I I'll tell you what I like. I like it. Feels when so when that whole whole scene played out, it kind of felt like a video game to me. Like we're on another level like you get to a point where it's like okay our our protagonists get new gear now like mm -hmm. that you that we had no way of knowing could have existed in this world it's just like boom all right now, now we're now we're into this so it just kind of feels like we're like like i don't know like in my mind anyway it we, seemed like we've unlocked our, the power up yeah, yeah our our guys got like a like the the flower that allows the little flame ball to come out of mario you know? like <laughs> that's that's what it felt like we're leveling up yeah i feel like they're there was a brief scene in uh, one of the first two episodes about with the scouts that 
we had the a opening hint. scene of season one, yeah, mm-hmm. um, of episode one. But but yeah, I, this this really felt like a somebody really liked uh, some of Spider Man's fights and was <laughs> adapting it to like the uh, Godzilla type stuff that 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 is sort of endemic to uh, Japanese culture, I guess, and. I, I, you know, I think somebody just sort of came up with like the the thigh pouch thing uh, as, as a a way to do it. I don't know, uh, but yeah, this, this this very much is just like a uh, all right. Well, it doesn't make sense for it to come from their hands if they're av- having to fight with swords. So uh, we're going to figure out some other way to to do the the Spider Man thing, which has the the visual sense of them basically thrusting through the air as they are you know firing from their hips wherever they're trying to go through the sky. It. It's a fun bit for me of steampunk because the technology we see them have is pretty limited. And so this is basically just like using what they got. They've got natural gas. They actually set that up later. They do. Uh, and they're basically Isn't using that, that from uh, Potato Girl? As joked by Mikasa, yes, that is an alternative source they have of methane and sulfur on the show. Um, it took me a while to get to that joke. What, what was BJ reference? Uh, but I... I, I while you know they would probably shatter all of their bones and rip their muscles by the just sheer force of firing through the air like that, the visual and the movement of it is remarkable. It's quite enjoyable, and the, the quality quality animation too, and seeing them fly through the sky and do it. Um, it. Uh, what did you guys think when Aaron was failing there in episode three? Uh, what What did you feel about the fact that Aaron was you know seemingly far below his compatriots in that regard and was having to you know in many ways reach out to them for help to try to, to survive? I'd say most of episode three is built around the idea of, you know, initial part of training and now step one, do you have any natural talent necessary to be able to maintain your balance while hanging in the air? All the rest Don't. of our name characters are doing okay with it, and Aaron is falling on his ass and face every time he tries. Is that like a is that a typical type of storyline for this type of what is it called? Shogun or whatever? Shonen. Shonen. Is that it like can be. Yeah. yeah. It, the, our hero is either overpowered or our hero has, you know, the, the, his one true power is endurance. It's kind of the poles they usually come from. I mean, okay. they, I would say pretty much the most famous version of this kind of starts out this way. And then like Naruto, like starts out as sure, like yeah. the main character is like this bumbling idiot, which, and mostly just has guts and, and perseverance. And then, you know, eventually becomes hilariously overpowered. Okay. The, the assumption for all of these shows is that our, 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 the audience is going to sympathize or view themselves in the main character. So making him to a certain degree accessible in that way, that he isn't just perfectly naturally gifted, but he can overcome by process of really working really hard, allows him to resonate a little bit better with the, with the audience. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this just seems like yeah, a common trope, right? You know, karate Kid, Mighty Ducks. Like the, mm-hmm. yeah. this, is, this is just Classic a trope. trope. Which, yeah. That's what I was driving at, is that I felt like some of his struggles with the training is probably just a, a means to generate sympathy. Um, it's like, I, of course, like I really, everything in the world, back to wrestling, it's like when you have a good, when you have a good face who comes out, who debuts in the company or debuts at a certain platform, you want them to get the shit kicked in the first few times. You want them to struggle. Um, sure. Uh, because when they start, they start they, that, that creates that upward trajectory and fan sympathy. I mean, I would say it's not terribly different from uh, Star Wars with Luke being kind of like an everyday schmuck until he goes through training. Uh, You know, he sort of gets lucky early on and then, you know, goes through some serious training and you find out like his actual power. 
one thing that's not as present in a lot of the examples you mentioned, though, are the friends immediately with our hero. A lot of the examples you guys mentioned, the hero is kind of on their own and just has their mentor. In this case, Aaron's always got Picasso and Armin are just joined at the hip with him and representing, you know, they're bringing different abilities to bear. For right. example, Mikasa, as we see in both of these episodes, is like the golden god in terms of the skills that they're looking for, as pretty much everybody kind of comments on. While mm -hmm. Armin, on the other hand, isn't succeeding as much from the physical standpoint, but has his own share of endurance and is at least quoted as being remarkably intelligent. I have a question for you, Spencer. So this show is now on Netflix. Um, I Every time I pass by a hot topic at the mall, I'm seeing more and more like T-shirts, fake tattoos, necklaces, things for anime. Specifically, I've seen a lot of Cowboy Bebop and Attack on Titans. They'll probably They probably jump out to me because I know what those are now. But like, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of those shows. Do you think the popularity of Attack on Titan is spiking because it's non-Netflix now? Or do you think this is just a general trend toward anime? I think it's a little certain element of both. I think it is so much easier to be able to watch anime now than it ever has been in the past. I mean, it used to be, if you wanted to watch anime, you were staying up late to watch Cartoon Network at like 10 o'clock at night and you would get to right. see, you know, Spencer's a fucking movie. You used to bit torrent stuff and, and that was sure, like that, legit the only way not, to get it. And there, there are varying levels. That was like the first accessible level of where like yeah. average schmucks like me could watch the shit. Now you, there are streaming services dedicated to it, or even mainline streaming services like Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. They're all fighting to be like, who can be the first to get the new anime show that's coming out? Yeah, it's through means of accessibility, it has become part of mainstream in a way that it never has been in the past. And things like Attack on Titan are—they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of merchandise, advertising rights, everything else when they come out. These are major kind of materials nowadays. Yeah, and my so favorite. My favorite ASMR artist named GB, who's on YouTube, she fucking rules. She's got like a bunch of Attack on Titan like tattoos. Like I mean, mm -hmm. like that it it is clearly pervasive in the culture. Um, the the you know in the in with I guess you like younger kids or whatever who are into that. But like it, I don't know. It seems to be a very very popular thing right now. So what ASMR do you like, and and how many uh, <laughs> artists are there in like your list? There's yeah. tons. There's tons. Of, so first off, don't make it creepy. Second, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just know where this conversation is going. I listen to ASMR to fall asleep, so it help it helps me to decompress at the end of the day and fall asleep. Specifically, positive affirmations. So I, uh, on the real, uh, do recommend that. It's a nice way to uh, to level set your mind uh, and fall, fall asleep at the end of the night. But GB's like an OG about it. I mean, GB's one of the real first like famous YouTube um, studs uh, in the ASMR community. She's so big. I mean, like. Like if you go to like, like, so recently she's had like a billboard in Times Square for her YouTube channel. I mean, like she's really like a big deal. Um, and for her to be like flaunting Attack on Titan tattoos, it might sound like a really like deep cut thing that I'm doing. But I think that like that millions and millions of impressionable young people listen to her and like clearly they, they know what it is. She knows what it is and she's pushing the show. So it's, I don't know, it just seems to me something that like you, Spencer, you've told us like, hey, check it out. But I feel like there's this undercurrent of like extreme popularity with this type of show that's going on. I mean, probably representative of the fact that it's on Netflix and sometimes like on the like front page. So I would say that in the past like 10-ish, give or take years, that that things like anime, uh, magic, gathering, a lot of things like mm, that have become yeah. a lot more mainstream. I mean, sure. I, uh, uh, what's his name? Stylebender uh uh in in the mma like 
professes his love of anime and I think Naruto in specific. Um, there was uh, the most recent Hot Ones episode, like that they had like deep cuts about uh, like uh, an alpha black lotus and how how much like uh, the it's the... not just nerd culture anymore, or at least nerd culture has become mainstream. Yeah, nerd, cu- See, nerd that's culture. That's why I've been saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I really want to get into nerd culture, right? Because it's like that's what that that's now cool. The the people who only know about sports and like just like walk around wanting to like screw up everything they see, like they're those aren't cool people anymore. But the uh Magic Gathering, I used to I used to play that. I really enjoyed that. Um I didn't know that that was having a resurgence as well. Or maybe uh, it never went away. I don't know. But I mean like it was it was big for me when I was in high school, but I it did, did not for a know while. That, that was a big part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um it did for a while and came back. So I, I I, it came back, I think, I mean, in a way of, of a lot of things, it became a lot more accessible. And so with, uh, I think it was Crunchyroll was like the big uh, for anime. push for anime to become Ooh, I know what that is. Uh, streamed in the US and, and yeah. also copyrighted. So there were like a lot of pluses and minuses with Crunchyroll, I would say. Um, and uh, how they ended up doing things, but like that started, I think the the renaissance of anime in in the U.S. And then, as that became easier and easier to consume, places like Netflix and and Amazon and, and HBO started picking up shows uh, to like bolster their catalogs. And so I think that that was uh, once there was enough demand in the niche market for it it became more accessible for everybody else and everybody else sort of found out that like, yeah, these are fun stories. Like, you know, it's, it's not that different from a lot of other things that yeah, it, are, are it, it, Western uh, consumable. It, it would used to be, there would be a, an occasional show or maybe a show every couple of years that would break through into the public consciousness, like Pokemon. Pokemon is an anime. That's what it is. But sure. it was able to find its way into the consciousness and everybody was then into Pokemon in some ways, or at least a large Dragon Ball Z, people. same way. Dragon Ball Z, yep. same idea of where, there would be one or two, or even Death Note for a lot of people as well, would break into public consciousness. But it was like one a year or one every few years. Now, kind of like you referenced in the deep cuts, anime's gotten mainstream enough that people were like, which other shows are you watching this year in terms mm-hmm. of what people are going through? It's another thing for people to watch. As you said, you can go on Netflix and watch several dozen anime that are airing right now. Why wouldn't you if it's good, if it's good, if it's good, good storytelling? And I would say uh, uh, similar things sort of happened with uh like some book series like i feel like uh harry potter was like mm-hmm. a fairly early like breakthrough into movies and then you had the hunger games and now it's just a all right well what's the next book series that they're the going Witcher. to tap to a movie i yeah. mean it doesn't matter what the quality is like lord of the rings but like you know it just matters Damn. that like you have something loaded up Damn. so nice you referenced the black lotus earlier you referenced black lotus earlier that was a magic reference right yes Ha! I never had black clothes. That's Shiv and Dragon, though. Shout out to me. Levi? It was hard to get. Um, and this may just be my sort of, like, it wasn't a jock, but more of a jock mentality. It's like, I, I hear you on the breakthrough stuff, but, like, the person who wore the Dragon Ball C uh, button up in, in high school was a nerd. It was like, a, a, like you looked sure. down upon that person. It was like, you're, you're definitely an outcast, right? Um, so it's not a matter For of, like, us. whether it's popular. Not a matter of whether it's popular. It's a matter of, like, whether it's, like, accepted in, in a sense that it's just, like, one of the 
the bevy of things that you that you like, right? Like in high school, uh-huh. again, sort of back back to our high school you know years, maybe you like Dawson's Creek. But if you like Dawson's Creek, there wasn't a judgment, at least from from our sort of social circles, of like, hey, you sure. like this. Maybe someone didn't, but that's fine. Uh, whereas like Dragon Ball Z and and anime at that time, that was definitely looked down upon. Um, I whereas think now there I think was it's, a group it's more accepted. Like five ish years younger than us, the Dragon Ball was a little bit more accepted, a little bit more widely. Gotcha. Um, I think so with Dragon Ball Z too, but Levi just draw a good ex- distinction here. Is it is it popular in the sense of a lot of pe- a lot of eyeballs, or is it popular in the sense of like if you like it, that's just normal? Like sure, um, yeah. And- and so I guess I, I feel like we were at the very the tail end of Jackson and nerds being very split. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing with kids anymore. I really don't like. That. Yeah, I, I I maybe I, I idealize young like younger people more than i should but like from what i can tell they don't do a lot of like that's the nerd group let's throw food at them and, yeah you know, i mean i mean i think that they, they doesn't really happen that much anymore there still has to be like there's still going to be clicks and but the clicks i think are going to be different whereas mm-hmm. like i think we are at the so again at you know the tail end of you know the football players at having to like not do certain things to still maintain the reputation yeah, but on the Attack on Titan, um, one thing that people found I've seen before in terms of reviews, people find a little bit intimidating, is just the cast that we rapidly unlock over episodes three and four. Did the amount of people, did the number of names, was it too much for you, or are you thinking you'll be able to keep track of at least a few of them going forward? Not so far. I'm I'm still with it so far. Uh, I mean, it's but, it, yeah. it, it's uncomfortable in the sense that. You, if you asked me to name them all without referring to like Wikipedia or someplace, that it'd be a little difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, oh, yeah, but it's one that. of those things that like, I just expect that from TV, right? I expect TV to press, to, to push me. This is not a one person every episode sort of situation. You're going to have, you're being dropped in the middle of some, some crap and you got to catch up, um, which is sort of modern storytelling where back in the day, we wouldn't necessarily have that. So the answer to your question is like, yes, but not really. It's like the accepted it's, uh, it's behavior. It's become nowadays. more of the norm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, some- I think, also, they, as you said, they're all drawn differently and you can tell by their silhouette, like they all have extremely different faces. While they might be dressed similarly, they all have different ways of talking. So like, I know that they're separate characters and I kind of recognize them as opposed to, I mean, I barely remember who the main characters are. So, I mean, that, that's sort of the names of the main characters. So that's like a, you know. A different you can recognize thing. me if you can't name them necessarily. Yeah. Naming will come later, more exposure. Um, and I think they do a really Fair good point. job of, and Levi, I know you're not here, but here yet, but uh, with catching you up where they think you might not be uh, like ready for, which is the uh, the guard that from episode Honestly, one or two, yeah. mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, oh yeah, you're that guy. And this oh, makes oh, sense. Yeah, how, how they how they bring like how they reintroduce characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the drunk guardsman that like saves Aaron in in episode one or two comes back, and they they reference it in a way that isn't like, oh hey, do you remember me? I was the guardsman that saved you. But they much more natural. Yeah, they can say they even talk about it as basically in the form of his progression like look at you you used to be a drunk and now you're the captain of the, of the combat engineers like yeah you progress too it, it, they they do that well in terms of just you know 
making it feel much less of let's remind the audience right now than more of this is just two characters talking and we're here for it. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, just in terms of some, some of the characters, some of the characters we spend a fair amount of time with are actually Reiner and Bertolt, which I will consistently pronounce wrong because it's a weird ass name. Yeah, um, it's like written like Bertolt, right? But they, they, they say it differently over on the dub. They do. And it's one of those things of where at times I wonder where the author wrote it down and then people who speak Japanese as a first language tried to pronounce these German names and whether it clicks or not, we'll say, but, hmm. you know, works okay. Did you actually listen to the dub or the sub when uh, you were watching the episodes? Dub or the sub? What, what do you... Did you what, listen to it in... Were they speaking English or were you reading English? I was. They were speaking English. Okay. Um, dub dub well, or the sub? I feel like, man, that was a shorthand question. The dub version of the dub. subtitle, yeah. Yeah, I got it now, but I feel like he was just throwing lingo. <laughs> Star, play, no, yeah, not sure quite there with it. Spencer's in the anime headspace and, yeah, and is uh, a- asking those questions. Damn. <laughs> don't worry, I'll, I'll don't worry. I'll walk slower from here. Um, you, you want to join the community? Come on, man. So I know, man. I just I'm getting so caught. Sink or swim, dude. Come on. Uh, what, what, another aspect we got a bit of the world building, and this is more in episode four. So, Levi, apologies for this. Is that we got to find what are, who are the three branches of the military that our cadets either get to pick from or are assigned to? We've got the garrison, uh, we've got the scouts, and we've got the military police. And then one of the big tensions of episode four is the idea that the military police is not something you can just volunteer for. You have to be in a select crop of the class to even make it an option. And our heroes go through the kind of choice of where several of them, two out of the main three, are actually qualified to join the military police if they want. But whether that's a good idea or whether the organization itself makes sense. Oh, let's do the the game. Who would we all join? Which one will we try to join? BJ? but let's let's just define it for Levi real quick so he can participate. <laughs> uh, Levi, uh, Garrison basically maintains the walls and kind of serves yep. as the, you know the main Knows body the of the military. We've we've uh, seen all three. I mean, yeah. In yeah. in the first two episodes, we saw yeah. effectively all three. They didn't define it as such, but there are clearly a group of lazabouts that that man the wall. They're a group of more adventurous people. They they go out scouting, and then there's some assholes that try to keep everyone in line. Um, and so, which like, would you be? Yeah. yeah. Which would you be, Levi? Uh. I want the answer to be scout. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. I want the answer to be scout, but like I don't know, I don't like know. the actual decision. Uh, now, now I will say that like I, I, I do, I do have sympathies for Aaron's position of like we're we're just sitting here waiting to be attacked. Like we need to, we need to take the fight fight to people. Um, you know, we need to, to seize the initiative. So hopefully that that courage will bubble up and I'd become a scout. But I honestly have no clue. Right, Spencer, let me guess. You're you're a snitch, so so probably uh, military police. I'm guessing. <laughs> if I can get in, sure. But I, I uh, scouts are utterly suicidal, and even what we've seen so far, like the first first exposure we got to the scouts was them bringing back a guy's arm to return to his mom. Wasn't yeah. a good look. I'm gonna be completely yeah. honest. Like that, they started off of like these guys are absolute idiots. We're making no progress. Yeah, and and so the other thing I think with that is like I'd much prefer like if the wall garrison is where uh blonde haired dude is going to be then i feel like it's a all right well if this is where research and development is i feel like that would be a much better place for me because i would be the one being like why are you do like we have cannons make them bigger like why why are we 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 do doing this like spider-man bullshit with with uh you know breaking swords like this is silly okay so both Armin and BJ are joining the garrison to try to improve the military tech that's being used in this world. Uh, Lee, what would you do? 
I've been watching We Own This City recently. Um, and so I think that I'd probably join the military police because it seems like there's a lot of bonus. There's a big bonus structure in being the police. <laughs> I was true. unaware of. I did not quite know the bonus structure of police work until I watched We Own the City. So, you know, like <laughs> trying to get me well, one no, of the black lotuses. No, no spoilers. Equally true in this universe, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, Spencer, no, uh, are you watching that show? I, I've watched the uh, episode one. Okay. It yeah, is looks, so good. good so far. It's fucking great. Holy shit. David Simon still got his fastball. That was a, mm -hmm. that, that show is awesome. We Own the City. Um, one of the tensions and I don't think I think you've just seen. I don't think you've really gotten to meet this character. But we get to meet a character named Annie, um, who she's the she's the blonde girl with the good kicks, uh, who oh. thoroughly thoroughly trashes Aaron and Ryder when they're doing the hand to hand drills. And one of the things she tells Aaron about is that you know the best everyone's competing here to be the best so they can get as far away from the Titans as possible. Does this system make any sense? Uh, is the question she basically raises that we're taking our best fighters and we're putting them in the interior farthest away from the actual fighting what did you think about her stance on that of where she kind of she points that out and basically just says that this none of the system makes sense none of the system makes fair why do you even care it made perfect capitalism made perfect sense to me in the sense that like they're not i it doesn't seem to me i could be wrong it doesn't seem mm -hmm. to me like their goal right now is to necessarily fight the titans straight up like that doesn't it doesn't seem like a typical like battle line battle line battle the bastards let's just boom let's just go and so i'm not sure you want your best fighters as close to the titans as possible because your best fighters still don't stand a chance fighting the titans one-on-one -on -one. um there's not the, the 1v1 situation is poor here so i i think that it's good to pull your your best fighters back and have them do more like defend the city stuff in this particular construct um yeah Le Levi, i'll be very curious to see your views on annie once you get to see her more because a lot of her philosophy, I think, is going to resonate well with you in terms of her intense capitalism critique that we kind of see in her moves and gestures. The way that you guys describe these setups, I, I immediately thought, like, absolutely not. This is ridiculous. You guys are protecting capital that exists in, in the intercourse of, of the territory. You're um, surfing the king, sir. There's honor in that. The king's personal hand. Well, if you take all your best fighters and you put them out and you just go right at the Titans, you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Terry. I mean, these are like it, nuclear it, bombs. No one here is suggesting that we just we just we just throw 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 bodies at the problem, right? Um, the idea is like you gotta gotta adapt tactics. You're not gonna you're not gonna survive with the the, the sort of entropy of, of of Titans just destroying your walls constantly. You can't get them up fast enough. Um, you gotta do something. I mean, it's the gold cloaks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Old philosophy, yeah. Uh, we did get to see that there has been a bit of a, com a communal shift in the views of the scouts, of where you guys saw back in like episode one and episode two this. The community didn't seem to really like the scouts much. They kind of viewed them as just a waste of resources. That dude, why are y'all going up at the walls just to get eaten? Where are tax dollars going down Titan gullets? Oh, I think Aaron even tried to attack a dude, and Mikasa had to save him. Um, in terms of like everybody not kind of pissing on the scouts. Episode four, we get to see the scouts riding out again, and the entire crowd is kind of cheering them on. So I think to a certain degree, it reflects that now that people actually view the Titans as a threat, the people that are going out and fighting them at least have a certain measure more respect even if people still do view them as insane. Yeah. I mean, um, it's like the uh, dude in Independence Day who keeps talking about the aliens and like finally actually goes, like jo joins up the ranks. It's, it's like when everybody believes that Titans bear, like aren't a thing and they're putting 
a ton of resources into making these uh, steampunk Spider-Men, then like, what, do, what are we actually doing? Like we need to be expanding and, and improving the lives of everybody. And as soon as like war comes, it's like, all right, well, having an elite squad that at least can give us maybe some forewarning is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the scouts are also one of their principles is built around the idea of reclaiming territory. And now that they've actually, from their perspective, lost territory that actually has mm-hmm. a use. Yeah. Um, one of the things that'd be impossible to notice in your first watch, uh, the commander of the scouts that we saw in episode one is the commandant that is now training them. Uh, um, there's practically no way of noticing that the first time you watch. And, and also uh, very Spencer red thread ask uh, the uh, sergeant or commandant that's like, Oh, like, you know, his son actually isn't a complete failure or, or her son. I don't remember exactly what he said but it was just like oh this child like actually has some promise and isn't a complete waste is definitely like a hmm what's going on here well one of the yeah the guy that's doing the training of them and comments about it, grisha your son is now a soldier whatever else that is a suggestion that he already has a bit of connection to aaron's family that we don't have any other information right on other than that he knows aaron's dad by name yeah um one okay Levi, cover your ears if you want spoilers for the end of episode four Episode four ends with suddenly out of goddamn nowhere, the Colossal Titan returns with a bolt of lightning out of the sky. What did y'all make of that? What is there to think about that particular event occurring and Aaron's response to it? Uh, it, it was an interesting choice because it tells us a lot more about possible information about the Titans. Like they don't just like, they're not just wandering around. Um, at least certainly not that one right um and and i think it also gave us a little bit of encouragement that that aaron's just not falling apart Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i still sort of see the titans as the sort of blind evil that just sort of shows up to spur the plot um i didn't quite get the same point that bj did which was that like oh it makes sense now that they're not just blindly walking around i don't know he made me think a little I think I was watching it a little too casually. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing to unpack because what, everything we've been led to believe previously is that they are just monsters. They're just random yeah. creatures that are roaming the waste, eat people when they see them, mindless automatons. Kind and of that fact. was slotted in for me perfectly. And now that we've seen that we, episode one, episode two, we saw that the Colossal Titan, and I think they called it the Armored Titan, seemingly were intentionally going for the walls. Who knows? We could we could write that off in the chaos of the events. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see, again, the Colossal Titan show up in a bolt of lightning and go right for the wall again. Mm-hmm. It's suddenly a... That's a new data point to unpack in terms of how these things are working. Yeah, and the Armored Titan, like, that that brought up a bunch of questions to me, too. Like, born that way? Do they have a society? Is there, like... We, we, we don't know at this point. Where it, it was shrugging off cannonballs in a way we hadn't seen the other ones do, which is it kind of just a level of uniqueness that we otherwise right. wouldn't really have a reason to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a show that rewards data points in terms of keeping track of things. Yep. All right, cool. Anything else we want to talk about with Attack on Titan, episode three and four? Uh, at this point, from what you've, what you've seen, is there another character besides Potato Girl and our trio that either resonates with you or you're going to remember going, make a point of remembering going forward? Because we said we got an ensemble of cast. We got to spend a little bit of time with each. Now that we've finished the training, we're kind of going back to action for the next few episodes. Is there anybody you're going to be like, oh, what is this character doing? How is this character doing? 
Is there anybody in particular that resonates with you? BJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the uh, the dude that's horny for Mikasa. I think is gonna turn out to like either be a little backstabby or evil or something like that because of that. Um, it, 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 John Jane. It, yeah, he's presently kind of still like uh, not not to do Top Gun references. He's presently like the Iceman to Maverick in terms of like the, the tension between the two. Yeah. Uh, wait. So he's really gunning for Aaron. What's anyway. Um, no, not the Quentin Ooh. Tarantino interpretation of that film. Thank Ooh, you. Yeah, the homoerotic Top Gun. Very relevant right now with the new Top Gun movie. Um, yeah. Isn't that kind of a trope in these shows, like the spurned like adolescent boy who can't get the girl and then therefore turns evil? It's, it's a trope for a reason. A <laughs> um, it comes up. Then uh, the... They actually do a really good job in animating this, but uh, the girl that you referenced that had good hand-to-hand combat skills, that like her Man. eyes are completely dead. And they do a really good job of Gosh. her having dead eyes. Um, I think she's going to be somebody to watch. And then uh, I am curious if the Savior Guardsman is going to play a big role down the yes. road. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lee, anybody, anybody of note you're going to keep track of in particular? Sasha, potato girl. Mm-hmm. You, she's earned your heart. Shout out. Yeah, she's good. I like the drill oh. sergeant. Um, all, he steals all the scenes, obviously. Keith, oddly enough. Uh, what is his name? Keith. Keith Shadis. Keith. <laughs> what a name for him. <laughs> I know, it's it's a random name, although other than his name is Keith. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think those are good. I mean, Aaron obviously is is interesting, but he seems like more of a catalyst for the plot as opposed to someone that I deeply care about. It's just like he pushes things forward. Um, Levi, you're doing a lot of smirking during the conversation. What do you? What is you? What are your thoughts over there? What's going on in uh, Pop Bear's head? My cynical take is ultimately that the people that they focus on are are going to continue on. Right? They've 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 added characters and then dropped them at least for the first couple of episodes. So like when they when they focus in and give a lot of screen time person's not going away um mm, is, yeah. is my general so, view um yeah because they have 23 minutes and they're they're hand drawing this thing so yeah i think it's doing it for a reason resources to kill off at this yeah. point yeah um, point. now it may not be a major one right like the 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 drunk who who, who saved Aaron, Aaron and co right he's gonna i assume recurringly come up he's not a major plot driver but he's a guy who's gonna be in the background of like oh yeah remember this guy remember this guy and, and i'm sure That's when Aaron becomes a kick-ass master right. Um, yeah. You know, he'll he'll go. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you didn't have the strength and courage to do to to to, to take the fight to the Titans, but I did. Thank you for that. Um, you showed your strength in other ways, right? And like, I'm sure there's gonna be some 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 kitschy little way of doing that. Um, but Potato Girls probably um, a the best name. Thank you, Terry, uh, for that. Uh, so I th- I think if you like Potato Girl, the girl that helps her out is going to be an interesting character as well. We, we haven't talked about the two girls that are help out Potato Girl after she's forced to run for, what was it, five hours straight for eating a potato in line? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then she uh, didn't have, she didn't get food. What, what was the other punishment? Like, she didn't get food, food for like a week. I, that, it was that, that was the worst. Uh, but yeah, uh, Krista, who's not named, I don't think, in this episode, uh, saves a piece of bread and a piece of water, um, hmm. which Potato Girl briefly goes straight up like feral demonic in terms of like glowing red eyes leaping out of her, leaping to grab. Yeah, she gets the baguette. She's like, yeah, going ham on it. Yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of, we ham. get to meet at, at the end of episode <laughs> four. We also get Potato Girl also is, appreciates meat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we get to meet Krista, who we get. A, a, that's another bit of brief philosophical debate. 
of where Krista has purposely waited late at night and saved some food so she can give it to Sasha, Potato Girl, uh, just seemingly to be nice. And another girl, Ymir, also not named at this point, comes up mm. to her and says, why would you do that? Like, what does this actually get you from being nice here? But then picks and puts Sasha on her back and carries her back to the room with the excuse of, eh, she'll owe me a favor. So certain element of philosophical tension between the three of them about whether generosity is something to do for the sake of it or to be rewarded. See, that I was th- my thought. When she said that, uh, she'll owe me a favor, I thought like she was, I, I thought the the real answer was it's the right thing to do, but like, I, I don't want to seem like it, a punk here. That that was my interpretation too, where it was just like, she, she's doing the right thing because that's what you do, but she's you, she's applying a cover to it so she doesn't look weak. Given right. how she was drawn, I thought that she was older. Uh, like, I didn't think she was in the same class. And I guess that just wasn't clear. And I s- assumed that it was just like, like once you progress a little bit more and are actually like in the depths of things, you'll understand why that was a good or bad idea. And I like, I guess I'll help you because, you know, we need to keep barracks clean and like, and whatever, like it's kind of her job to look after like the younger kids, but it is interesting you mentioned that because I think a couple of the characters like Ymir and Reiner are actually like a year older. They're part of the same class and it okay. kind of bleeds into their character a little bit of where Ymir is trying to look at Krista like, you'll understand how the world works in a minute. Whereas Reiner's kind of already adopting the role of being like a big brother to everybody. Like, you know, providing advice to Aaron, helping Armin carry his pack when they're in a run. The older dudes are kind of adopting older roles to a certain degree. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on Attack on Titan? I will provide a non-spoiler warning to a certain degree. But next time, next time we talk, you guys are going to watch episodes five and six. Great episodes of television. This is kind of one of the moments in the show of where a certain percentage of people who've watched stop watching after these episodes. Mm. Uh, where, so I'm just going to put, put that thought. Putting a right gauntlet now. down, Spencer. I like it. Are, are you going to be a weak-willed sop and, and drop yeah, the series? That's what it is. Are I'm you not like everybody else? That, that, is, that is not true. I, Spencer, I'm not judging I, maybe you your profession has made you like really good or, or better about lying through your teeth, but like you're still you're still doing it with a weird smirk. And and you know, I love that about you that you just can't do this with a straight face. There's probably Sign. some judgment there. You're giving off sad. I'm not I'm I'm not sad, I'm disappointed vibes, Spencer. Um so we'll see. We'll we'll see if Terry and I can keep up the momentum. because uh, BJ, you've already passed You've already watched all this, right? So no, um, no, no I, I'm oh, watching just with, with you just guys. Like yeah, four random episodes mm, from different seasons. Me. So yeah. you were talking, I, I just assumed that you'd you'd, you'd watch like you're basically current. Um, okay, no. So uh, Levi, I, before we before we mm-hmm. before we uh, stop recording and finish the episode, can we talk for like five minutes, spoiler free, on We Own This City and your thoughts? Um, I want to know your thoughts. The reason why I say that is because, like, like I've alluded to with you, Terry. Um, there is a there's going to be something that's going to happen almost undoubtedly they they show a clip of the scene that took place in real life in the the intro i know something that's going to happen to this so i'm curious more of your thoughts because i don't, I don't well, want yeah, to gesture towards can, things you confused me because you were like yeah you're gonna you're gonna get something big and like at the end of C- episode five i didn't see anything real big but anyway um a general take on the show so levi and i are huge the wire fans him more so than me but we both love the wire top mm-hmm top couple show of all time for me might be number one all time for Levi. And this is kind of revisiting Baltimore and the, the police department and the like sort of uh, drug, I would say gun unit 
maybe? Is that the two things that they're going after? Drugs and guns? In the Untraced show? Task Force. The Untraced Task Force is, is like the group. Um, but I mean, the, the gen- that's the focus. But the ultimate like sort of like indictment is it is against these sort of elite police squads across across America. It's not just Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and there know. are some characters that show up in the show that were in the wire. I'm not sure if it's meant to be in the same universe or not. It's kind of confusing to me, but like it definitely feels like the wire as the beats of the wire. It's telling an important story. I feel like, cause I, I'm much more predisposed to liking, trusting, um, seeing the value and necessity in and funding the police than, than Levi. Um, However, some of the things that are depicted on the show are very troubling. So I went and looked it up. And of course, it's based on real events, which really uh, makes me feel great and sleeps well at night. Uh, but I just think, I think it's course. unbelievably well done. I, I am I am shocked. When I learned that David Simon was going back to Baltimore, I thought, uh-oh, here's a cash grab. No, not at all, in my opinion. I think it's really well done. What Back's years is that? It spans the gamut, but think of it as the, the 2010s. Um, okay. Like it, that is one of the parts of flashbacks. That, that could be weaker is the sense that they constantly sort of flip time. So you yep. can't really tell where exactly you're at, but ultimately yeah. the, the narrative is they try to use a, a, a crutch device, which is uh, the main, one of the main characters, Wayne Jenkins, him filling in his time card. That, that's a good clue to you to yeah. re- reset in the timeline. Gotcha. Um, is that he's going back to 2012 or 2013 or whatever. I mean, I guess the reason that I asked is, is well, because it's set in Baltimore and that's where I grew up. Like some of it, like the wire is just like yeah like I, I i'm kind of familiar with at least the news stories that would be related to this uh whereas like if it's in the 2010s like i'd moved out so yeah you're you're probably it's probably past your time but like uh, i think it i think the the main storyline is maybe 20 what 19 leo something like that and then they do a lot of flashbacks to wayne jenkins's time and career on the beat up till the up till the current period um gotcha. One thing I, so I love the show. I think everybody who likes The Wire should watch it. And if you didn't like The Wire, but you are interested in those sort of like socio-political issues um, surrounding, I don't know, police brutality or how we stop and frisk or how we're policing um, the drug game, all that stuff is really interesting. One thing I did not appreciate, I would like to point out here, is the constant references of the characters during the flashbacks to the, well, Hillary's going to win, right? Like, why are we spending precious capital in a six episode show only to fucking trash hillary clinton i've had enough of it levi i've had enough this is a surprisingly like <laughs> the, terry you need to get over this like at some point you got you got to realize that hillary lost and the fact that like i know she lost but why are we why why do they make a point of going back and being like well she's gonna win right there's no way that trump could win like it's the only mention of national politics in the entire show i'm not quite sure how it fits in it seems like david simon has a bone to pick you, you don't quite understand why um, the sort of social justice arm of the Department of Justice may be keenly interested in who who, uh, who inhabits the Oval Office. Um, well, of course, on, of that's, course that's, they that's, would. That's but very plausible. Right. But they don't. That, this is the only time they're really going that deep into into their own departmental politics uh, that I could tell it. it, it other than that, they seem the the folks from DOJ seem like uh, they're more entrenched in what's going on in the Department of Politics of Baltimore. So I don't we don't get a lot of it other than the passing mention. I don't know. It just seems like unnecessary trash of Hillary Clinton. But show itself uh, very good. Levi, do you do you put it? I mean, is it on par with the wire as far as quality for you or uh, step down? Step down. Um, but I mean, it's it's like you're mm. we're talking about the best show of all time. Um, so it's that's. <laughs> that's fine that it's a step down uh it's it's very on par with 
the other miniseries that Dave Simon's had, uh, Corner, uh, Generation Kill, and then now this. Um, I the think one in New he, Orleans. That was a series, though. Um, they had five seasons, Treme? Yeah, Treme. Yeah, you're right. That was a series. Yeah. Um, Generation that Kill was, was really fucking good. Generation Kill was, was so good. good. I recently rewatched it and was just like, oh my God, like you are so good at telling like depictions of structures, Um, like telling, telling a story about a structure is really, really hard to do. And he does it very well. That's a great point. That that is true. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I was disappointed. It's only going to be six episodes, but I've, I've really enjoyed diving back into the world of the Baltimore police department with David Simon. What was the last like television show he did? Hmm. Not not like miniseries, but like, multiple multiple season show uh it looks like according to the internet it is the deuce um i don't know that one set in new york city um i never oh the deuce is about is about like the porn industry because it's got maggie gyllenhaal in it right you said that's like a thing like if you have maggie gyllenhaal you're gonna talk about the porn industry no 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 no. it just those 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 are the same characteristics but no i think i think it is about the porn industry um actually he's got more stuff that i I need to consume. Um, I'm surprised that David Simon was involved in the deuce, to be honest with you. He's actually been really busy. I kind of assume, I, I guess I kind of lost track of him, but he's not been idle for like any year. Shout out to David Simon, working man. Yes, he is. Blue, blue uh, collar, longshoreman. Yeah. Spencer, I think you'd, you'd, you'd really like it. BJ, can't quite tell whether you'd actually like it or not. Um, it's not, yeah, like, well, it, it won't be a waste of time. Let's put it that way. I liked episode one. I mean, maybe enough to keep watching it from there. Good enough sign for me. I mean, fair enough. I mean, like, I I feel like you you think that I'm more judgmental than I am about like the stuff that I can say. Like, I'll say, I I might give it like you know when we talk about it a B or a C, but that doesn't mean like it wasn't good. It was still worth watching and worth watching to the end. So I think the difficult thing with both you, BJ, and you, Levi, is that like the the show might be good, but like BJ, you you'll just quit watching something. Like if you get busy or there's something else, you'll just stop it. Yeah. And like you won't finish it. And like Levi, you you will very often, like if I catch you in the wrong mood, you'll just be like, I am not taking recommendations right now. Like you're like, fuck you. Like I'm not listening to what your recommendation is. So sometimes it's hard to like to give recommendations to either one of you. Uh, but I, I mean, this one, I, I, I'm glad we bring it up on pod because I think it is a great investment of time, right? Because you know, it's only six episodes, each one or less than an hour. Um, you know the structure. It's the Baltimore City Police Department. They're talking about policing. They're talking about the wake of the Freddie Gray murder. Like it's a world that you can jump right into and start to pick up right away. It doesn't take a lot of initial investment to get into. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that is it for our review of Attack on Titan and brief touch on We Own This City, which you can find on HBO. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, the main things we got going on on the Mango Talks podcast channel right now are pottering around. I believe you guys are on Order of the Phoenix. Um, I received some secret intel that the latest recorded episode, Spencer liked the chapter the most that he's liked basically any other Harry Potter chapter. So we get a positive Spencer episode on the Mangum Reads feed for pottering around, which is sort of stunning. I've not gotten a positive Spencer episode in a long time. And then we're getting uh, on the Mangum Talk Star Wars feed. We're doing a review of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Woo! Spencer, Obi-Wan fired up to do that with you. Thanks everybody for listening and we will be back with you at some point in the future. See ya.